Alleluia. Please be seated. It's a blessing to be here again this beautiful, beautiful morning. And I feel that, you know, when you get saved or when you get come to contact with a man of God, sometimes the thing that you, that you, the first thing that affects you stays with you almost the rest of your life. When I hear Bishop Griffith speaking, look at the first message he heard. When you're born again, the mind of the state has to be renewed. It seems to have lived with him the rest of his life. Every time he's trying to change people's minds, all his work, if you hear him talking, he's making efforts to change their minds because the mind has to be renewed. And I, every time I hear Bishop Griffith, that's what I didn't know that, not the first message he heard. But I can see an effort that if we can change this mind, things will change and the whole person will change and his ministry will change. I pray that God will be able to change your mind. Can I have an amen? By the influence and invasion of the word of God into your life. The word of God is powerful. Amen. And the word changes life. He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. Amen. He sent forth his word. So we must be willing to open up to the word of God all the time. The word of God will be a lamp to us. I remember in 1975, my mother gave me a Bible when I was going to secondary school, Form 1. And my mother told me that, my son, as you go to school, you're going to learn many subjects, you're going to meet many people, you're going to have a lot of experiences. No, mothers are wonderful. Mothers are angels. I didn't say fathers are devils. I said mothers are angels. <laughs> Are you there? No, their mothers are special people. My mother told me that, you know, you come from a, a humble background. And it's better to say humble the same as poor. It's more diplomatic to say humble. Do you understand? When you say poor, it's too raw. So say humble background. You come from a humble background. Now, mother told me that, look, um, for all the subjects you learn and for all the friends you meet, never forget this book. It will be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Hallelujah. And I bless God for the Bible in 1975. That's the word of God has since then changed my life. And I love the Bible. I read my Bible. I try every day because God always has something in, in it for me. And the essence of the word is to change our minds. Amen and enter our hearts and completely revolutionize our lives. So we must keep on listening and reading, listening. The key to your change is listening and reading. Someone say listening and reading. Amen. You must acquire the habits of listening to good message all the time. All the time. That is your, your lifestyle of listening. And then also reading. Reading. Many of us, when it comes to reading, we are lazy. We decorated our homes with the Macarius. But some of you, the rubbers are still on since you bought the Macarius. <laughs> you don't want to take it off for the books to be old. <laughs> Your, the rubbers are completely on. You have the Macarius. You have it. You have it. You have the technology. <laughs> 
but you are not using it. You have you want Michael's 40 and you have Michael's 60 as well. As decorative pieces. But we've got to get into it. Because it is said that those who cannot read and those who do not read are the same. So if you don't read, you are equal to a person who cannot read. That's how you are. There's no difference. May God have mercy on us. May we love to read. And you know, you don't have to be, so so I'm a very slow reader and all that. You don't have to be a fast reader to be intelligent. You can read a slow reader. When I was in school, I I normally don't read fast. I, I read slowly, but I became a lawyer. The stuff that lawyers have to read. But I managed to, by the grace of God, pass all my exam. I had a friend. Look, when it comes to class and reading this book, oh, you're on chapter five. I read this, I read the book seven times. The book has 30 chapters. I'm on chapter five. And the way he talks, you even be discouraged. Oh, you're not on chapter five. I read the book five times already. But he was bombing the exam, I tell you. <laughs> I wonder how he was reading. I met the fastest reader in the world. I met her in Singapore. She can take, let's say, if you give me, where's Will? Give me one of the fat books. Yeah. Any other fat book? Any one? Just one? Yeah. If you take this book, she can read this book in one hour. Yes. It's amazing. And she can summarize. She's a lecturer at Harvard. At the age, at that time, she was about 35. Uh, yeah. She could, she could take the book. She opened the page. She reads this way, this, and she's finished everything, number two. And she can tell you everything in the page. Not that, she, if you can take the book and say, okay, this chapter, she can summarize it to you. And we're having a pastor's conference, you're supposed to come and teach us how to read. I said, you, this was a gift, don't come and teach us. You cannot teach us <laughs> how to read, I tell you. Don't come and empower us and say something that, I mean, it's abnest, it's in any face, like magic. Give, give, you ask you, give me any book you have. Someone take a book she's never seen before and start scanning through. Start from this. Opening, 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 opening. Okay, take your book. Chapter this about, it will tell you exactly what is in the, what's in the book like that. <laughs> yeah, if you're in a class with somebody like that. <laughs> You'll be worried. Do you understand? But I see, they that compare themselves with themselves are not wise. Some people, I mean, you may be a slow reader, but you also read. Don't let somebody's fast reading intimidate you. And don't let the size of a book intimidate you. Amen. The book has many chapters. And you don't don't start reading from page one and end at page 573. You open the, the books, but at least these books that I read, Bishop's book, you know, the miss books, are written in such a way that you can read each chapter yeah. uniquely. You can take this, you take this book, for example, out of leadership. You open this chapter, control the people you lead by the power of teaching. Simple one. One and a half pages. That's the whole chapter. Can you not read it? So why are you complaining about, about the fact that you're a slow reader? You just take it. Control the people you lead by the power of teaching. 
look at it. Beautiful chapters. Know about the power of habits and develop good habits. Yeah. The, the, the topic itself, the title itself, you can understand it. Mm. Overcome the disadvantages of youthfulness and inexperience by studying history. Yeah. So this is two and a half pages. They move on to the next one. Don't give up your source of power. Yeah. Beautiful one. Isn't it a nice chapter? Your, ask your neighbor, what is your source of power? Now, don't give up by your... You see, that was the, that was the mistake that Samson did. Samson gave out the secret of his source of power. They asked, the lady asked him, what is the secret of your strength? Because the devil is looking for your source of power. What makes you strong? What your, makes your ministry work? What makes you keep going all the time? When others are giving up, you keep going. What makes you tough? That, what is the secret of your strength? That, what is the source of your power? And he began to play with it. Toy with it. Before you realize, Bible says, he had become like any ordinary person. And Bible says that the, 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 one of the saddest verses in the Bible I have three or four sad verses that in the Bible that reminds me, I mean, of myself all the time that I need to be careful. One of the saddest Bible said that, and when the Philistines came up the third time, and then Samson got up as other times, but he did not know that the Spirit of God had left him. That's very sad. When you don't even realize you have lost your source of power, he did not know. You see, because things were the same. Samson was not a giant. If he was a giant, it would be, we can understand it. When you, open, when you remove the city gates and all that, the reason why is he was an ordinary looking person. Structure, maybe structure was like Pastor Vuyo. Samson, can you imagine? Maybe structure was like Pastor Vuyo. That is why we'll be surprised if, won't you be surprised if uh, Pastor Vuyo goes and removes the gates or the alpha building? I mean, because he's just a, now, now he's even put on weight. When I knew him, he didn't even have waist. He didn't have waist. <laughs> what a shock. But Samson was strong because of the anointing upon him. So the woman was looking for the source of his strength. Yeah, that's the devil's plan. But, and he did not know. You see, that is why if you're a power, pastor, the source, what is the source of your power? Your daily relationship with God. Quiet time, praying, connecting with God, praying for the Holy Spirit. That's the source of your power. Connecting to the source. And the enemy will bring other things. Will make you busy on the phone. Busy with other, so that you'll be disconnected from the source of your power. You'll be on the internet. Instead of praying to God, you'll be on the internet all the time. So you're disconnected from your source of power. And you become like an ordinary person. So now the pastor is like a lecturer. No more an anointed man. Are you there with me? I'm, 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 not, I'm not a university lecturer. I'm a preacher of the way. Amen. And I'm a minister under the anointing. And anointing, you catch it. Amen. So the devil is looking for the source of your power. But we say, and he did not know that the spirit of God had left him. That is serious. Yeah. That is serious.
Another very sad scripture, so the four that I come to me all the time. When Saul died, and the message came to, I haven't, I haven't started preaching, but it looks like I've started preaching already. <laughs> you see, when Saul died, and the message came to David, in 2 Samuel chapter 1, the Saul had died, and, and so, David was so sad, and said that, don't let anybody know. Publish it not in the streets of Ascalon. Don't tell the daughters of the Philistine that Saul had died. And he said, why should a great man die as if he was never anointed? He died as if he was never anointed. That's not how anointed people die. If the guy was anointed, he was chosen and anointed by the way he died in shame and disgrace as if he was never anointed. Never anointed. God forbid. Amen. Are you there? I'll tell the two others later. Anyway, so I'm just showing you how you must read this one. These books are powerful. You must get them and soak them in. Bishop says that, Bishop Duck says that, get this way and put it in your toilets. You have this book in your toilets. Because some people are long stay. So when you go, your long stay, can read two chapters. Short stay, one chapter. And then you are done. <laughs> and toilets are a place where nobody can disturb you. Yeah, nobody can disturb you. Even your wife can't disturb you. So if you are inside the toilet, that's a, they call private room. You go into the private. That's the only place nobody can disturb you. Your children, everybody stays outside. They can take a few minutes and read one chapter. A chapter is inspire people. Just short one. How can I inspire as a pastor, as a leader? That's just one page. How to inspire people. Wow. And look at it. This is from the book of Acts. Beautiful. And then so many. I, I really enjoy the way the books have been written. You can. This is hide and flourish like a snake. I see you flourishing in Jesus' name. Take everyone to, to the top with you. If you're a leader. Take everyone to the top with you. Don't go to the top alone. Take everybody along. Amen. So I'm just saying that, look, your, 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 your success in life and ministry depends on your ability to listen and to read. If you can do these two things, your ministry will be different. Somebody say amen. amen. And read proper things. All right. So the good general is also there. Beautiful one. This is very, very exciting. A good general expects an attack of depression. That's how you can overcome a depression as a leader. Another short one. A good general has a surprise for every surprise. See, I have a surprise for every surprise. <laughs> That's a good general. Know your invisible enemies. It's all there. It's so powerful. All those short, short chapters. Read them. And I believe that you'll be blessed. These books are written with you in mind. We should have said amen. amen. So it's very important that we open our hearts and allow God and his word to rule in our lives. Amen. So yesterday we ended on treachery. Am I right? 
that's what we ended with. And then we're going to move quickly. Um, for the lips of treacherous people. You'll never be a treacherous person. I say you'll never be a treacherous person. And as a pastor also, may God open your eyes to see when treachery is coming close to you. Amen. Jesus was not surprised by Judas. That's the whole point. Because he told Judas that what you are doing, do it quickly. So Judas' move was not a surprise to him. He knew what Judas was doing. Yeah. That is why you said that somebody sitting at this table is about to betray me. Yeah. He was not surprised at all. But he knew that it is part of his destiny to have a Judas in his ministry. Hmm. Jesus. Help. May God help his children. Amen. Say amen. amen. So we saw a few things that treacherous people say. And if you read the chapter on this, this chapter, chapter 6 of, of this book, Lord and Disloyalty, you will see all the things, many, many more things, about 16 sayings of the treacherous person. Right. But I want to quickly take the book, um, Those Who Are Ignorant, and share a bit from it, and then we will carry on by his grace. This is mine. All right. Those of you can sit down. Those who are ignorant. Tell your neighbor, I will never be ignorant in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, it's very important to see that um, some people want to stay ignorant. So, Paul wrote and said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse Eight, verse 38, 1 Corinthians 14, 38. Now, Bible says, but if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Now, if you want to stay in ignorance, stay in ignorance. Because, you see, the devil does well, flourishes in ignorance. Well, as we are here now, if there are mice, are there mice in South Africa? Yes. Sure? Yes. Here in this country? Here is, especially, <laughs> what a shock. I'm surprised. If there are mice here, the mice should be very happy that you don't know they're around. In your house, in your kitchen. Every time you go and then the bread has been chipped and the meat has been eaten. And you keep knocking your children, then mice will be laughing. Oh, we are so happy that they're blaming somebody for, for, for us eating the meat. And the mice are very, very happy. But the very time the mice discover that you know they're around, even you knowing alone, it ma makes them uneasy. Do you know what I'm saying? You knowing that there's, a, there's mice here, the mice knows that they're around, they know that you know they're here. It makes them very uncomfortable. So, ignorance is the, the, it's where the devil flourishes most. So, Paul is saying that if you want to stay ignorant, be ignorant. You'll be there. Ministry and pastoral work and serving God is very complex. Extremely complex. Now, if you do not educate yourself, receive revelation, and allow the word of God to fill and, and flow in your heart, 
you ministries will take you by surprise, and people will always surprise you. Oh, I didn't know that's how people are. You should have known by now. At this age, you should have known by now that people are. Those people are not people. You should have known by now. <laughs> the people are not people. Yeah. I'm so surprised the way she stopped, the way she treated me. All this. I no, at this stage of at this age, you should not be surprised. You should not be surprised. Prepare for many surprises. Can I have an amen? amen. Prepare so that you will not be so shocked. Yeah. So may you never be ignorant in Jesus' name. But if you want to remain ignorant, Bible say that let him be ignorant still. If that's where you want to be. But I want to quickly look at a few chapters in this book. And then we will uh, see the grace of God and see where God is taking us. Three causes of disloyalty. Three causes. It's a loyalty conference. Amen. Yeah. Three causes of disloyalty. Remember that disloyalty is a sign. They'll say that if you have confidence, you know, in a, in a disloyal person, it's like having broken tooth or toothache. Has anyone had toothache before? Can I see if you had toothache? Look, I, my name is Yetisaka. I'll tell you, toothache is more painful than labor pains. Said, my name is Yeti. I'm telling, I am telling you. Yes, yes. Don't you agree with me? Yes. Yes. Toothache is more painful than labor pains, I tell you. <laughs> eh? I know things, I know things. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. I said, my name is Yeti second. I'm telling you the truth. You have not had to take before. That's why I think labor pace is wild. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad that people, that people agree with me here. No, but you see, toothache is wild. I had to take once. I thought I was going crazy. I leave my room and I ran it outside. I said, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, one day, one day a gentleman, you know, he, he, he took his wife to the labor ward. The wife went to deliver and um, he was not allowed to go into the, uh, the delivery room. So he was, he was outside waiting. And you could hear the wife screaming and screaming and all the pains, labor pains and going through all that. And he was outside waiting. Then after some time, the, uh, the, the, the screaming and all that died down and then heard a cry of a baby. So the nurse came out. So congratulations, your father. The man said, thank you very much. Is it boy or girl? And the, the nurse said that, oh, you, have, you had a girl. The man said, thank you very much. She will not go through what I've gone through outside here. <laughs> what a shock. The girl will not go, because as she has turned outside at the labor ward, and the stress, the daughter will never go through that stress. <laughs> Hey, shut up. <laughs> anyway, let's go to three causes of disloyalty. Number one, disloyalty is often manifested 
in an erratic person. Somebody with an erratic personality. Erratic. E-R-R-A-T-I-C. An erratic personality. It's a person that can manifest a lot of disloyalty. Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs 24 and verse 21. Proverbs 24 and verse 21. What does it say? My son. Can we all read together? Ready to go if you can. My son. And meddle not with them that are given to change. Now you see, somebody who is given to change is somebody with an erratic personality. You are given to change very quickly. For the last four years, you have met four ladies that you like to marry. You meet this way after six months, you change your mind. Every day you are changing your mind. You are erratic. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, you guys are too quiet. Do you know what I'm saying? Now look, if it's someone who's erratic, the person has the tendency of becoming disloyal. He is not stable. Erratic. He takes decisions based on emotions. I don't feel, or even based on some type of flimsy dreams. A gentleman told me once, he was planning to get married to this lady. And then he came and said, Bishop, I had a dream. I said, tell me the dream. He said, I was wearing a shoe and the shoe was bigger than me. So I feel that I'm in the wrong person. <laughs> okay, can, can, <laughs> can you believe it? He was wearing a pair of shoes and the shoe was bigger, oversized shoes. So I feel that I'm in there. And based on that, he left the beloved. I said, look, if you have a real reason... Tell her the real truth. Don't you this dream that you had. Dream that you had. To destroy your relationship. And what, what baby? So what about if you have a dream that the shoe is now tight? That one, what will you do? He bit and they have gone out for three years. I said, maybe you have had misunderstandings. The actual real reasons why you want to break up. Don't use that dream. And so people pretend to be spiritual. But they are not spiritual. They are just er erratic. And they use God. The Spirit of God appeared to me. I saw a television. Yes, you didn't see it. It's a, a real television, not a vision. A television that you saw. <laughs> I saw the television. The, 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 the one reading the news said, My son, my son, the time has come for you to move on. Hey! <laughs> you are given to change too quickly. Too quickly. Some of you, you are not stable in your emotions. You are not stable inside. You are either very happy or very sad all the time. Oh, you don't get what I'm saying? I'm dialing somebody's number right here. Yeah. So, you see, if you are erratic, you are, you are, you are giving it Look, when I met my wife, I told her I would marry her. That was it. I kept by the grace of God. I kept my word and I married her. And then we are trying to be happy. Yeah. That's how it is. Now you see, any decision you make will come with challenges. If you want to stay in this church, 
you discover that the church is not as perfect as you think. Yeah. As the closer you get to a man of God, the more you see the man of God's faults. When you watch, when you watch TDJs on TV, he looks at the greatest pastor you can ever imagine. Maybe when you go and join his ministry and get close, you discover that he also has shortcomings and limitations. Everything, uh, the grass looks green on the other side. It's only when you get it, realize there are patches of brown in the green thing. You look at something from far and it looks nice. And because you're changing your mind so quickly. Any decision you make comes with challenges. But you, if you are a man committed to your word, you keep your word. Say, I'm going to stay with it and find a way out of this situation rather than just giving up. That's why people get divorced very easily. Divorce. Yes, there may be, I, 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 wouldn't say, I mean, there may be very strong, compelling reasons. But you don't get decided to divorce with the little, every little issue. I'm packing my things. I'm going to my, my family house. Where are you going? You cannot do that. I'm preaching. Marriage has challenges. They say that the most successful marriage ever consummated, the most successful marriage is between a blind wife and a deaf husband. Say, Bishop, say it again. Or say, Bishop, explain. A blind wife and what? A deaf husband. A blind wife because men can misbehave. So when the wife is blind, when the man is misbehaving, she cannot see. So there's peace. A deaf husband because women can speak rubbish. So when the man is deaf, when the woman speaks, the man can hear. You're on your way to heaven. <laughs> I'm preaching. Are, are you know what I'm saying? That's a, that, is how, that is the best marriage that has ever been consummated. A blind and then a deaf husband. May every husband be deaf and may every wife be blind in the name of Jesus. You see the marriage working. You see the marriage working. I know things. <laughs> Hello? No, I'm telling you, there's no ideal relationship. There's no ideal church. But if people are committed, say, I'm going to stay in this. I'm going to be with this church. I'm going to stay with this pastor. I'm going to love this ministry. I'm going to push my way through. Don't be an erratic person. What a word. Am I talking to anybody here? Don't be an erratic person. Personality. Change here, change here, change here. Every day you are changing. Every day you are changing. Every day we have to pamper you. You have made pastors babysitters. Oh, why are you not happy? I just say, hmm, 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 hmm. Every day we have, to, we have to find what is wrong with you. And we are, we are, we, you, when we see your face, we are uneasy. We are not sure what, what your next move will be. Hey! We are not sure what the next move will be. What the next thing you are going to do. Are, 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 you, are you Messi? Are you Ronaldo? We are not sure what your next move will be. I'm taking my time. I said, I'm taking my time. Are you still in church? Yeah. It is footballers that their moves are surprising. But you are not Messi. You are not Ronaldo. So now let me continue preaching. 
erratic personality. Amen. Psalm 15 and verse 4. Psalm 15 and verse 4. The Bible says, in whose eyes, the Bible talks about a, a man of integrity, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but, the, but he honored he honoreth them that fear the Lord. The next, the last part. He that sweareth to his own head and changeth not. Look at verse 3 so that I can get it. Verse 3. And we come to this. Verse 3. Before 4. Right. There. 1, 2, 3, 4. There's a fire on the mountain. Yeah. Oh, you can't find verse 3 in, the, in, your, in your thing. Right. Verse he that baptized not with it's okay. Verse two, verse two, verse one. Okay, let's start from verse one, all of you, so that it will be easier for the computer man. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Beautiful. Who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who will stay in your house? Who is the person who will stay in your house? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? That is Kodesh. That's where the word came from. Who will dwell in your holy hill? Then he begins to describe the person, the type of person who will abide, who will dwell. He the, uh, will walk uprightly, work righteously, righteousness, speaks the truth in his heart. And then go to verse 4. All the things are there. And then verse 4, the last part will tell us. It says that he that swears to his own heads and changeth not. That he's stable in his mind and changeth not. He made a vow. That I'm going to stay with you. On the wedding day. We came and we said. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here. In the sight of God. And in the face of this congregation. To join together this man and this woman. In holy matrimony. Which is an honorable estate. Instituted of God. Signifying unto us the mystical union. That is between Christ and his church. Which holy estate Christ adorned and beautified in the first miracle which he wrought in Canaan of Galilee and is commanded in holy writ to be honorable among all men. And therefore, it's not by any to be enterprised, nor taken in hand, unadvised, until you are. <laughs> but reverently, Dick is soberly in the fear of duty considering the causes for which matrimony was ordained. And go on and go on and go on and go on. And then with this ring, I see where we see all these things, and we make vows. We make amazing promises. We look at each other's face, and we make promises. And then, when you go home, you are. You see, the promise or the vow is like swearing that I'm going to stay with you. And you see, you're also not perfect, just like she's not perfect. Amen. And mind you, work. We will make sacrifices. You should have said amen. amen. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I with me today. It's a, that, you see, you have made, you have made, you have, you see, say that he that sweareth to his own heads and changeth not. My mind is made up of all the ladies I chose you. So I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to stick with you. Amen. And I'm going to work so that things, I'm going to work so that things get better. And things get better if you work at it and work on it. Some of us don't want to work on anything. So, little things and then you are, you are backing off. You are no more interested in the person anymore. You are not excited about the person anymore. You are no about the whole thing. Before the beautiful relationship is crambling. I've stood in law courts. 
I've seen divorces. I've seen people married for 25 years and trading insults for four children and insulting each other. One day, as a student coach, and I saw the way this man was pointing to his wife for 25 years. I said, this woman is a witch. Wow. I told myself, we slept on the same bed with a witch for 25 years. That we didn't chew you. You're a master wizard. A master wizard. <laughs> I tell you. How come that we didn't chew you, make you turn into kebab for 25 years? But you see, Bible says that take out the little foxes. The foxes that spoil the vine. So that whether you like it, the foxes will creep into your garden, into your church, into your, into your home. But you're going to now take them out. Can I have an amen? Yeah. If you allow the foxes, they'll come in, mess up the beauty of the garden. There are foxes everywhere. There are, rats, there are mice everywhere. You've got to poison them and drive them out. So they will not destroy the beauty. Many churches have been destroyed. Because foxes have crept in. And the foxes have destroyed. They creep into the choir. They disturb the choir. They creep into this. Before you realize the beautiful thing had fragmented. May God have mercy on us. So now let me continue preaching. Are you there? Yeah. You must not be an erratic person. Say amen. Are you there? May God give you, may you have God's nature. Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, Timothy chapter 2 verse 13. If we believe him, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. God is always faithful. May you be known as a faithful person. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. May you be known as a faithful person. Every relationship will go through challenges. Amen? Amen. You have a copy of my book here? You left them somewhere. You threw them away. You forgot them. You forgot them. Real. Hmm. You are always sinning. <laughs> like, no, honestly, something like Pastor if we stay with him, you have to be somebody who has a very large heart. Because always making a mistake and he's always sorry. He says sorry very easily, but I know him. You just have to manage him. He'll be okay. <laughs> a very nice person. One nice people is to one nice people are those who don't have a bad attitude. Even when they when they make a mistake, they're just sorry and they are laughing. <laughs> That's the nice about this young man. But his problems are a lot, I tell you. A lot. Anyway, in one, one of the chapters, that's why I talked about one of the chapters in this book, I talked about how to handle disagreements. How to handle disagreements with your senior, with your leader, with your pastor. Because as for those times, they will come. Say amen. amen. Let me just read a few, one or two things to you. Here. Yeah. I gave five principles. Number one, if you have a disagreement with your leader, you must always esteem your leader, you must esteem him very highly in love. 
You know, when you esteem your pastor, your leader very highly in love, you not say some things about him and about her. You're quiet. Amen. Have high esteem for a person. Some that you respect, you will not tell him swine. Principle number two, be submitted at all times. That's in Hebrews 11. Principle number three, stay within biblical limits. Stay within what? Biblical limits. In other words, every one of us, there's a certain Bible limitation. God has. I mean, there's a certain limit we can find in the Bible. You don't cross some lines. If you have an issue with your wife, you, the Bible says that you should not be a striker. Stay with him. If you lift your hand and slap your wife, you have crossed biblical limits. Oh, you don't get what I'm saying? So to, you, you must always stay in every situation. Stay within biblical limits. Let the word of God restrain you in what you do. Are you there? Stay within biblical limits. And especially if you are an, if you are an assistant working, the Bible says that and do not rebuke an elder. So biblical limits, you don't rebuke your pastor. I'm going to tell him a peace of mind. It's, you're, out of, you're out of order. Amen. Can you imagine if for whatever, whatever, I don't know how, how to happen. I've said Bishop Clifio and said, look, I'm going to, Bishop Seuda, Bishop thinking is, I'm going to take my peace of mind. He cannot come. He, God forbid, that will never come. Because he is restrained by the word. It's, perhaps it's not everything I've done that he's happy with. It's not everything that Bishop Dalmi have done that he's happy with. But he is restrained by the Bible. I am limited. I can't cross some lines. There are some lines when you cross them, it's difficult to retrace your steps. I'm preaching. There are some things when you say them, you see, words, they're like arrows. When you throw an arrow, you can't run back and catch the arrow. When you throw it, it's gone. There are some words when you say them, it's not easy to retract, to retract the words. So in, no matter how angry you are, stay within biblical limits. You see, so when you come and say you are sorry, the damage you have caused is too much. Sorry cannot repair the damage. Hmm. How many of you are hearing me? I hear what I'm saying. Reverend Daniel, stay within biblical limits. Be controlled. Don't talk about, oh me, I, I have a very bad temper. You're boasting about something as stupid as bad temper. Me, when, I, when, when I'm angry, I say, I, I, the, the, the lady I knew in our church, when she's angry with her husband, she will break all the plates in the house. I know her physically with my, with my, like that, like that. She will break all the plates and the, everything breakable, she will break them. She just open the thing. Break everything. And then when she's cool and calm, then tell her husband, can we go and buy plates? And the, and the husband, the, the, the talk husband, this other will follow the woman and they're going, they're going to the shop. I said, I said, how many times have you been? I said, oh, we've done that about three or four times. 
breaking all the plates. One lady told me that when I'm angry, I take a glass and go behind the house. When I'm angry, angry with my husband, and I say, this is your husband, I break you and, and, and cry the glass. It's demonic. Demons are working in, I said, sister, demons are working in you. Yeah. Some of you, you have very bad temper. I said, looking nice like that. Lay your hands on your neighbor and cast out every bad spirit. Drive it out of her life, of his life. Drive it out of his life right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying? Be restrained by the Bible. Be restrained by, by what the Bible says. Amen. Yeah. There's a story of this couple husband and wife, they're members of our church and they were having a little argument and then misunderstanding, you know, and then the husband was in the living room watching TV, changing the channels, watching soccer and all that and then the lady, she was in the kitchen cooking, this open, uh, open kitchen con- connected to the living room, she was slicing tomatoes and blending the onions and doing all the cooking and all that and then she was singing, I'm under the rock. The rock is higher than I. Jehovah hides me. Hides me under the rock. Go tell my enemies. When she gets to go tell my enemies, then she go, go tell my enemies. I am under the rock. Jehovah hides me. And she kept on singing and singing. And when she said, go tell my enemy. And the man was watching. The man was boiling inside. The man was boiling properly. Go tell my enemy. I am under the rock. Jehovah hides me. Hey! I had the man was there. The man was boiling inside. Boiling, boiling, boiling. Suddenly the man jumped up. Went to the kitchen. And gave the wife one slap. And the man also began to sing a song. We conquer Satan. We conquer demons. What a shock I tell you (laughs) This is a true story A real true story I noticed Today That man and his wife Both of them are pastors in our church I went to their branch To go and preach one day I said, before I preach, I want her to sing a song. We conquer Satan. He said, please, pastor, that song is banned in this church. It's banned. We don't want to. We don't want anybody to sing this song again. Hey! Are you still here? All I'm telling you is that what? Stay within biblical limits. Hallelujah. Let the Bible control your feelings. Don't push the Bible aside. All the things shall don't push it aside. Let the Bible restrain you. Amen. 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 And the next thing here, still on this, it's just side, side, sideways, isn't it? All right. Another principle to this: how to handle disagreement with your leader. Stay within biblical limits. And then the next one is that. Um, 
Principle of not letting your feelings influence others. If, for example, you have a problem with Bishop Clifio, he has said something, you're angry with him, you're upset with whatever and so on, and then there is an issue, you're not happy. Now, you don't go and influence Pastor Vuyo because one day that problem will be solved, but this one is not affected. So this one is polluted, and this others are, are polluted. But you see, your feelings have influenced everybody around you. I'm preaching. Do you understand what I'm saying? So don't let your, inf- don't let your feelings influence others. You see, you know that that's even marriage. When you have a misunderstanding, you always tell everybody, my wife is such a stupid woman, and so on. When they see you working with your wife later on, after your story, you are the biggest stupid person. Because you spoke too quickly. The wife that you called, you told everybody, she's a very stupid woman, she's a very stupid woman. Now you're walking hand in hand. Are you not the biggest stupid person? When you are angry, don't say things too quickly. And don't influence everybody around you. I'm preaching. I said I'm preaching. Don't let your feelings influence. Even in marriage, some people, some, some parents, husband and wife, when they have an issue, they let the children, they influence the children against each other. Tell me. The wife, the mother can, wife can speak to the children. Say all sorts of things about the, about the husband to the children. And the children grew up with bitterness in their hearts. Because the child was not there when father and mother were having issues. But then you have the child's ear. And only speak to mothers in particular who stay with your children. Maybe the father was not in a court response, responding in a certain way. But don't let the, the, the behavior affect the children. Don't say all the negative things to the children so the child will grow up with bitterness in his heart. That's how I grew up. I wasn't, I didn't know that, but my mother tells me that you, my father wanted, my, my, they decided that I should be aborted because the child was not working and the marriage was not working. So my mother told me when I grew up later on that look, she was supposed to abort this child because the decision was that the marriage was not working. And then when she went to see a pharmacist who gave her medicine to take, when she took the medicine, the child was not coming out after weeks. Because the child was going to flash down after you take the medicine in those days. But nothing was happening. So after some weeks, she went to see a more qualified pharmacist who told her that, Madam, this medicine, when you take it when you are pregnant, the child's bones get strong. It's called divine mistake. Somebody said divine mistake. So she was given the wrong medicine. That was supposed to make me rather stronger. And she told her that if you abort this boy, you and the child will die. Because it's too late. Devil is too late. The child cannot be aborted. So my mother kept me. So by the time I was born, I was not, my father told my mother, it's your fault, you should have done the right thing, you aborted him. You have aborted him, so I don't have anything to do with this son. So when I grew up, all the rejection I had and all the struggles I had, when I began, became knowledgeable, and I realized my father was not interested in my life, I was a bitter person because of what I have heard. If God had not healed me of that bitterness, I would not be standing here to preach. Yeah. Maybe I'll be a, I would have been a murderer. Many of the wicked murderers we have, many of them come from broken homes 
where parents rejected them, they feel, and it's a, it's a revenge towards society. They're revenging, pain the society for all the pain I've been through. I'm telling you. Okay, for man, they give me a handkerchief to wipe my sweat. Wow. May you have a wife who will give you a handkerchief. <laughs> Are you here or go home? Mm. They made, this must learn, isn't it? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so I'm serious. No, you see, the point I'm making is that if you do not take care and then you let your feelings poison others. Many, you see, many of us sitting here, there are some men of God you know you want to hear from. You know, because of what you have heard somebody say about them. Not because you have heard them all. But somebody has said some negative about, negative about them. So much so that you don't want to hear them ever preach. You've not had a personal relationship, but you have been poisoned. About, maybe they are your channel of blessing. But you have been poisoned against them. So don't let your feelings influence these other pastors who love Bishop Cliffio so much. Can I have an amen? amen? Who love him? So don't let your feelings influence them. And begin to wonder, maybe he's not genuine. Maybe it's not genuine. Are you there? Because one day that problem will be solved. Yeah. Yeah. Please come. Okay. Talk to talk to Pastor. Only him. Okay, you should tell the next person. Don't let the other person hear. And now, you go and sit at your place. Go and sit in your chair. You should tell the next person. Don't let anybody hear, eh? <laughs> you don't believe it. But that's the news. So you two tell that one says, go, go, let's go back. Go, go, tell the next row. Whisper to somebody's here. Now, can I have everybody, and everybody look at me. Look at me. So I'm preaching. The message is going on. Okay. So now, <laughs> suddenly, you two pass on. We haven't finished the message. It's going on until, until whatever. So now, the problem is that this man had a problem with Bishop Clufio. And he went to say something. Now, you are so sorry about what you said. Please, can we come and apologize? Tell me what you said and apologize. Please, come, 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 come. Yes. Bishop Clufio, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, yes. Bishop Clufio, I'm sorry. I did that talk. Bishop Clufio, I'm sorry. What did you say? I said you are a thief. Can you believe it? That he said Bishop Cruz is a thief. Now he's sorry. He's apologizing for what he said. Now Bishop Cruz says, don't worry, I forgive you. It's okay. But the problem is that these guys, the message is going on. It's going on. It's going. The message doesn't stop. 
Meanwhile, the person who started a message has come. Some of these what's avoided WhatsApp messages, you don't know where they come from. By the time it gets you, more than 100,000 have received the message. Go on and on and on and on. As you send a WhatsApp to him, that is a privilege to receive, and the WhatsApp is going and going and going, going viral. You have come to reconcile, but the thing is just spreading and spreading and spreading. So your feelings have damaged so many hundreds of people who never come to this man's church because they know him as a thief. But you are sitting down and you're listening, you're seeing the word. Do you understand? Thank you. So you see, be careful of your feelings, the way you spread your feelings. Be careful. Can I have an amen? amen? God has blessed you with a good pastor, with good leaders. Don't let, if there's an issue, don't let the issue disturb and so much that everybody around you is poisoned. Nobody can flow with that person again. What a word I'm preaching. And then again, principle of not doing your pastor, doing your pastor no harm. But we say, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And the sixth principle, the principle of not moving out of your place. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 4, if the spirit of the ruler rise up against you, move not out of your place. For yielding pacifies offenses. Moving not out of your place. When the prince is angry with you, don't move out of your place. It's a principle. With time, it will be okay. This is just by the way. Amen. So, back to, um, back to what? What are we talking about? Three causes of disloyalty. What is number one? Erratic personality. Erratic personality. Number two. Uh, the second reason why people become disloyal, or the second cause of disloyalty is financial reasons. Hmm. Forgive. First Timothy chapter six. First Timothy chapter six and verse number ten. For the love of money is a root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and appears themselves through with many sorrows. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Are you still here? So the point I'm making is the fact that, you know, Bible says that do not love money. God will give you money. You'll be rich. you do well financially. Your amen is on admission. <laughs> hallelujah. You prosper financially. Do you believe it? But don't let money eat you up. One brother said, me, I love money. <laughs> hey. The love of money is the root. Yeah. Is the root of all evil. A lot of pro problems come up based on finances. Yeah. Finances. A lot of times in every relationship, communication, finances. 
they are the main cause of um, problems, relationship, in relationship, marriage, everything. Relationship is destroyed when there are financial misunderstanding, when there's no openness, when there's covetousness. Look, I'm telling everybody hearing me this morning, if you can believe God, he will prosper you. Amen. You said amen like you are, you are, you are, you are not well. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah, but Jesus told us, and church, we are not in church so that God will give us money. We are in church because we want to serve God and love God. The church was not established for me so that we can become rich. To establish so souls can be one. We should never lose sight of the vision of the church. The church is not a place to make money. It's a place to evangelize, to do the work, to win souls. That is the reason of the, for the church. And no, no matter what anybody says, you should never accept that, that Jesus, when you're talking about building his church, he was talking about building an army that will go out and win the world for Christ. That is why we are here. And that's why we are here. So, I, I, as you see for the kingdom of God, God will give you everything you need. But never go for what you need before you go for the kingdom of God. Amen. X-Man, are you with me? Very important. Very important. Look, a, a time will come. You will not pray about certain things again. God will just take care of them. You, 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 you would even feel ashamed to think that you should pray for this type of thing. Pray for shoe. Pray for wig. I mean, this is thing you're praying about. When we are binding devils, God will look after you. Amen. I said, I've seen people walking, that people prosper. How they serve God. One day we were raising money some years ago. We wanted people to give $100, $50, and nobody had, I mean, that money or the equivalent. One brother, even $10, he could not give. But as he was faithfully serving God, continuing his profession, concentrating on God and loving God and also doing his work and profession and so on, he was so blessed. One day we were raising money in the same church. He wrote a check for $30,000. $30,000. Our colleague, our classmates, some wrote checks for $20,000. You see, by the grace of God, this ministry that we are in, this ministry that God has placed, I mean, I mean the bishop I know, he's not motivated by money. We are motivated by desire to please God and work for God. Amen. Amen. That is what is, that's what is keeping us going. That's what is leading us on. That's what's making us, pushing us forward. To work for God. Two ways. Two, two sent questions that uh, Paul asked Jesus. When he met Jesus. So who are you Lord? And what do you want me to do for you? There are two questions. That Paul asked. When he encountered Jesus on the way. To Damascus. So who are you Lord? And number two. What do you want me to do for you? So these are the two questions you must always ask. Lord, I want to know you more. Who are you? Number two, Lord, what do you want me to do? Not what can I get from the church, but what do you want me to do for you? Amen. Amen. Are we still here? But I've seen churches split over money. I've seen people walk out of church 
because I must have this, I must have this. That's why in our church, we don't play, we don't play instrumentalists. Magdalene, if you sing and you think we have to pay you, sorry, you're in the wrong profession. <laughs> Amen. No, you're making a mistake. You, you, want to, you want to work for God. God will look after you. And God will bless you. Can I have an amen? God will supply all your needs. As you keep working for God. Don't let finances. And if you're a pastor, don't use finances to control people. That's a whole subject. Elisha was with, Elisha was with Elijah. He received an anointing from Elijah. He got double, am I right, you? double portion of Elijah's anointing. It came on Elisha. He had double portion. Because Elisha was looking for something that Elijah, Elijah had. He was looking for the anointing. He was too interested in his car, his chariot. He was in his anointing. Something that you have that I need for my life. He got double portion. And Elisha had a servant who was Gehazi. And Gehazi was with Elisha. And Gehazi was a different person. <laughs> what a shock. May you never be a Gehazi in Jesus' name. But he was a different person. Instead of also design, can you imagine how anointed Gehazi would have been? Hey, today would be written about, I mean, four times anointed of Elijah on, on Gehazi. I tell you, he, will be so, he may have been the most anointed prophet. Because if Elijah, well, Elijah had double portion of Elijah's anointing. And Gehazi would get double portion of Elisha's anointing. But no, the guy had his mind on other things. What a shock. When somebody came to Elisha and asked Elisha that, look, uh, I need Naaman came and all that, and then he was healed. And then Naaman wanted to give him money. He said, I don't want money. It's not everything that you must demand money for. You must do something free of charge. Some people want to make a phone call. I've spent some money to make phone calls for new converts. Can I, get, can I be reimbursed? We'll not reimburse you. Stop calling all the new converts. God will let somebody else call them. Are you there? Gehazi, he was interested in something else. So when Elijah didn't take any money at all from, 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 from Naaman, and Naaman went away, and then Gehazi ran after, he told, uh, he ran after, after Naaman, and said, my master just received some visitors. And they said, I should come for some of the gold and some of the clothes and some of the money. And, and Naaman told him, don't worry. I'll give you twice what you asked for. <laughs> what a shame. He collected all of it. And when he came back, and Elisha asked him, where have you been? So, oh, I went to I went to a uh, um, shop right when I went there. Uh, the fruits were not fresh, so I went to other shop. And he was giving stories. And Elisha said, "Did not my spirit go with you when you were greedy?" For, you see, unfortunately, we pastors today we are giving birth to Gehazis. Gehazis, our preaching is only on prosperity. So people come to church and they all look for. I won't go to prosper with him by, by the end of this year. I want to have this. Bless God. I say, God, he will prosper you. But that's not why we are in church. I'm preaching. Tell your neighbor, the man is preaching to you. Amen. 
Financial reasons is one of the reasons. Bible says that Elisha told you, Gehazi, that look, from now on, every, every, all the leprosy in the world, they'll come from your family. For up to today, anybody with leprosy you see in South Africa is a descendant of Gehazi. <laughs> what a shock. Look at 2 Kings chapter, two, chapter 5, verse 26. 2 Kings 5, 26. He said, and he said to him, that is, Elisha said to Gehazi, when not mine heart with thee, when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee, is it time to receive money? Ask your neighbor, is it time to receive money? Look, I had a classmate in school. Everything you ask him to do, he asks you, how much will you pay me? Can you go and see me off at the library? How much will you, give, will you pay me? Can you explain this point to me? How much will you pay me? Everything is money. He said, is it time to receive money and to receive garments and oil, olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and servants and men? Say, is it time? Verse 27. The leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out of his presence, a leper as white as snow. Instead of anointing, he received leprosy. May that never be your story in Jesus' name. I say, may that never be your story in Jesus' name. Look, I promise you, you will not be hungry. You will not be hungry. God will look after you. I'm promising you today, you will not end your life as a beggar. God will prosper you. God will look after you as you do the work of God. As you get engaged in ministry, as you keep serving God, God will look after you. You will not die hungry. I say you will not die hungry. God will supply all your needs. But that is not why we are here. We are here to work for God. If you work, for a good, if you work in a good company, the company will look after you. If you work for God, God will look after you. Clap your hands for the Lord, somebody. Number three. The third cause of disloyalty is missing God's direction. Missing God's direction. Hmm. What a shock. People can come and prophesy to you and prophesy you out of your place. I'm going to show you a very interesting scripture that perhaps you have not seen before. Look at um, Judges. Judges chapter 8. All right. Are you here? Beautiful. Beautiful. Very um, I'm looking for it now. Is it raining? It's part of this type of country life, isn't it? Yeah. No, Judges chapter 9. Look at it, everybody. Very interesting. From verse number 8. The trees went forth on a time to anoint a king over them. 
And they said unto the olive tree, reign over us. But the olive tree said unto them, should I leave my fatness, wherewith by me they honor God and man, and go and be promoted over trees? And the tree said unto the fig tree, come thou and reign over us. But the fig tree said unto them, should I forsake my sweetness and my good fruit and go and be promoted over trees? Then said the tree to the vine, come and reign over us. And the vine said unto them, should I leave my wine which shareth God and man and go and be promoted over trees? Then said the tree to the bramble, that the thorns, come thou and reign over us. And the bramble said to the trees, if in truth ye anoint me king over you, then come and put your trust in my shadow. And if not, let fire come out of my, the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. And it goes to say, now therefore, if ye have done truth and sincerely, in that ye have made Abimelech king and all that and so on and so forth. Now, the point I'm making is that, listen, are you awake? Are you awake? Are you, ask your neighbor, are you awake? Are you, are you listening? To, tell, the, tell your neighbor, this is a very important point, a very important point that you shouldn't miss. Don't miss this one. Tell him, don't miss, don't miss this one. Don't miss this one. Now, the Bible says that the trees, they came to the olive, the, the olive tree and said, come and be our king. The olive tree said, look, I know my calling. I know what I've been called to do. Sometimes you may be pushed to a place which is not yours. Olive tree said, no, I cannot go. Look at it. He said, shall I, uh, where, where, shall I leave my, should I leave my fatness wherewith by me they honor God and man and come in promoted over trees. Not every promotion is from God. Somebody say amen. Not every promotion is from God. The only tree was, they, they, were, they were edging and edging. Come, leave your place and be your own man. Be the captain over these ones. So I'm, I know what I'm doing in the church. I'm, I lead worship. I'm a branch pastor. I'm doing this. I love what I do. I'm not going to leave my place and go and reign. And then they moved on to the vine and they took all types of trees, all of them appealing to them. You see, one of the problems we have is when we miss our direction. Yes. I was with my wife somewhere and then somebody came to us, a prophet in a meeting Congregation gathered a meeting and then uh, not a large church, uh, another church. We're sitting in front when the prophet came and said, can you um, say this respectfully? Can you stand? I want to prophesy to you. So my wife and I, we stood up and he said, you are, you are very faithful. Very faithful in your work. Very faithful to your leader. Now it's time for you to move on. And God is going to take you somewhere. God is going to bring other people to you who will also be faithful to you. You're prophesying to me. And then he asked my, my wife, do you speak French? My wife said, no. And he said, I hear the word France. France. God is going to take you somewhere else. And God is going to bring people into you because it's be time for you to move on. Look, I tell you, I resisted laughing. I did not want to embarrass the, the, the prophets. 
Can you? I, I almost burst into laughter. Should I leave my olive the, 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 by, which, by which I honor God and man and go and reign over? Should I leave my place? Let me tell you, it's not every prophecy. I say that. Check the scripture to see it is, if it is so. Weigh every prophecy. Don't let any prophet come and prophesy you out of your place. Amen. Look, I felt, honestly, I, I felt sad for the prophets. Because before then, the, the, the minister, the church I was, the person, oh, we have this very wonderful man of God, probably come to, he's a very anointed man, so beautiful. I, 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 it's nice to see another gift of God ministering. We're sitting in front. Yes, can you stand? Can you stand? And said, I see, I see your wife. She's an author writing books. If it comes to pass, beautiful. But France. <laughs> and then because I've because I've been faithful, I've been for so many years. So it's time for me to move on. And others are going to be faithful to me. Kato Shaka Bataya. I said, look, out of decency and courtesy. My mouth was full of laughter. I just wanted to burst into laughter. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. Just after in the evening, I was supposed to preach, and I was preaching on loyalty and disloyalty. I'm sure he was feeling hot in his chair. Somebody else, but not me. By the grace of God, not me. I know where I stand. I know where God has placed me. And no prophecy can prophesy me out of my place. No. You see, don't let anybody, don't let a dream, anything take you out of the place where and you look like promotion, but actually it is for your distraction. I'm preaching. I said I'm preaching. Are you still in church? I said, are you still in church? Stand up. I like it when you sing. But I see a new door. I see a new door. Wait, the congregation is singing too small. But I see God. I see God. I hear the word. I hear the word. N, 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 N. Namibia. 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 I see you singing on a platform with 100,000 people. It's time to move on. Take it one. Take it two. Take it three. I'm too slow. Ushers, you're too slow, isn't it? Ushers, you're too slow. Take it one. Now listen, I'm not saying that prophets are false. But I'm saying that you've got to check every scripture with your spirit. Can I have an amen? amen. And with the word of God. I'm not saying the man was a false prophet, but at this particular time, I'm sure that he heard. Listen, I told, listen, I told the, 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 the host pastor that I feel uneasy. I'm sorry, but this is not, this is, the, he didn't get it. He didn't get it. No, don't despise prophecy. But don't despise prophecy. But Bible says that, but you must also check it. Yeah. Check it. Amen? Yeah. Who will prophesy you out of your place. One man of God went to a church. He saw the beautiful organist who plays and came and called and said, God has spoken to me. He said that, how much are you being paid in this church? He said, I want you to come. I'm going to pay you three times how much they are paying you. Because this is not your level. 
the man fall before he realized the whole, his whole life is spoiled. People have been prophesied out of their place. Why should you be in South Africa and be a branch pastor of a, a leader who is in Ghana? Are you not also a human being? Cannot be a leader yourself. Devils are speaking. A pastor came to my office a couple of years ago. He came. He looked very emaciated. He looked very pale. As he started in my office, this pastor was a pastor of a a number of churches. But you know, before then, he was a branch pastor of a church in Ghana, big church. And he, he, he started making noise and I mean, his, his, the senior pastor was not a Ghanaian, but he, is, he was a pastor in the church in Ghana. And there were so many other branches. He was able to move from one branch to the other, convince most of the pastors, convince them to come and follow and change the name of the church and change the song and do all sorts of things. It was a big thing. He moved from one radio station to another radio station. Saying things and maligning and insulting and ridiculing their senior pastor. After some years, he came to my office. He was sitting with me. And he said, and when I saw him, he looked so pale, so sick. I said, are you Bishop? He says, I'm the one. I almost didn't recognize him. I said, you're welcome. I was shocked to see him. He said, I need you. I said, what's the problem? He said, can you come and teach loyalty and disloyalty in my church? I said, oh, why? He said, my pastors are worrying me. They're killing me. He said, my blood pressure has shot up all the time. He said, I'm dying. My, my, my pastors are stressing me. They're making demands, financial demands, and stressing me. He said, I, I cannot even sleep. And I feel that I need you to come and help me to teach loyalty in my church because I can't handle it anymore. As he sat in front of me, I remembered him some years ago when he was so strong, moving from one place to the other, insulting the senior pastor, maligning, telling stories and changing the minds and all these other pastors followed him. Don't follow a man to do evil. Never follow a man to do evil. Can I have an amen? Never follow a man to do evil. If God forbid, it's a bad example. If Bishop Christian stands up today and said, all the South African churches, I'm the one who has been here all these years. I'm not, hey! If Reverend, Reverend Daniel gets up today and said, look, from today, this, uh, this church here, I am the door of this region. I'm the one, the general director, international potentates. What a shock. Don't follow a man to do evil. Amen. Look, I told, I remembered all the time. I said, sir, I'm so sorry I can't come. I can't come. I said, when I come and I preach in your church, it will be like I'm preaching even against you. Because the things I will say on loyalty and disloyalty, it will attack your foundation. The foundation that you laid for the ministry is default. It's, it's, it's defective. If I come and preach, the things I will say, it will look like I am even speaking against you, the leader. So I can't come. Because all the teaching foundation, the teaching on, teaching on loyalty is against what you did. Can you handle it? 
Can you for me to come and say that to steal somebody's bros to come and build your house? You're a thief. Can you handle me to say it as you're sitting in church? Because the members were not your members. You stole them. Can you handle, handle it? For you to sit as I talk about people who change the name of churches, you will be sitting. Can you handle it? Do you really want me to come and teach on loyalty? Do you really want me to come? Do you really want him to come? As he sat down there looking in, he's, now he's dying. He's dying. A few years ago, he was strong. When we are doing something, we feel so strong. When we do wrong, we feel so strong. But time will mature us. I'm telling you. Time. But it's always better to learn from the Bible and from examples than to learn from your own stupidity. Should have said amen. amen. Temba, can you hear what I'm saying? After years of training, years of being loved, years of being sent to go and go to Bible school, years of being sent to and, and being encouraged, you get up and say, I don't need anybody. I don't need Bishop, I don't need Bishop, I don't need anybody. I can be my own man. Today, can be your own man. But the time will come before you realize the only picks in your church. Because when the prodigal son left and started a church, his church was only full of pigs. Pigs. Bible says that he was now feeding pigs, feeding pigs, pigs, and the pigs were not bringing offering. So he wanted to go back home. <laughs> Are you here? Or go home. Yeah, difficult people. Some. I'm, I'm sorry to say that there are some. I've seen too many pastors. Who have destroyed their own destinies by being misled by people's opinion, by so-called prophets, by various influencers, and then they walk out of their place and look at them and say, "Look, they, what they could have become and what they are." As the prodigal son was coming home, dirty, stinking, smelly, hungry, and looking, walking, looking wretched and walking, so look at him. People who saw him going out, begging him, don't go. He wouldn't listen because he was full of himself. He feels so strong, so anointed, so powerful, rich. I can do everything. But when everything was spent, a time comes when everything is spent and you need your father again. I'm telling you. A time comes, anointing gets finished, money gets finished. Beauty even gets finished. When everything was spent, the Bible said that he came, he wanted to, nobody gave him. Nobody gave him. Nobody gave him. One pastor, when he broke off from his church, took when the cause all sorts of troubles. In the country, in Ghana, people are, other, you see, many churches are happy when something bad happens to another church. Unfortunately, unfortunately, other pastors started inviting him to, to their church. Giving him platform to encourage the, the, the foolishness. Students preaching everywhere. All sorts of things. A time come, came when they all stopped inviting him. A time came when your friends get tired of you. After your father will never be tired of you. But your friends, the followers, they'll be tired of you. They'll be tired of you. I tell you. Yeah. There's no one day that any of my sons have come home and I don't want to see them. 
I'm, I'm not tired of them. Even when they're misbehaving, they're still my children. Yeah. My son is married. She comes home. He comes home. When he comes, he enters the storeroom and begins to organize say, Hey, you people, what are you stealing? But it's our children. They have to go with it. We can't leave them hungry. They come, yes, they come shopping in our storeroom as they are married. <laughs> what a shock. No, I'm telling you. Look, as for your child, it's always your child. I'm telling you. That is why sometimes parents' hearts are broken when their children are going because I know that this my son, he will come back, but what he's going to go through before he comes, it'll be too much. It's not worth the journey. It's not worth the journey. It's not worth the journey. Also, when everything was spent, no man gave him, nobody gave him. This pastor told me that nobody now invites him again. He's now broke. They invited him for a while and they got tired of giving him offerings and they stopped inviting him. Now he was moving around, moving around like a beggar, moving around. He was a great man in a great ministry, but pride, discontentment, ego, pro, I mean, and, and all the big prophetic things. You can do better than you are where you are now. You are greater than where you are now. You can sing to a larger congregation than you are doing now. Misdirection. He walked, moved away. Today he's moving around from play, begging for preaching appointments. Begging so that he can get some money to eat and to pay his children's school fees. I'm telling you. The prodigal son, Alan, that with me. Bible says that and no man gave him. People will sympathize with you, but they'll get tired of you at a point. When people say, oh, oh, I don't like the way he treated you. I don't like this at all. They will sympathize. But when the bottom, when the rubber meets the road, you know where they stand. I'm telling you. Don't, 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 don't flow on sympathy. Oh, I understand how you feel. Oh, don't worry. Hey, hey. It's true. But at the end of the day, it's your life and your destiny. Let us stick. If you have to be humble to say sorry, go and say sorry like the prodigal son. You're better off to go home dirty than to stay with pigs. You're better off. Amen. Because actually your father has been waiting for you anyway. Am I preaching to anybody here? Are you still here? I said, are you still here? yesterday, I can't count how many people have tried to influence me standing here. Be on your own. Do this, do this, do this. They don't know that I, by the grace of God, my head is small, but I have some sense. My heart may be small. I have some sense. This gray hair is worth some wisdom. <laughs> by the grace of God. I'm wise and I'm too, I'm by the grace of God, I'm not that stupid to be because I shout so loud, I can be a founder and president. It doesn't say shouting to be a leader, it takes an anointing and a calling. You shout, and so you can be a, a, a senior pastor. So, when you hear them, the louder you shout, the more anointed you are. That's what did you hear? Do you read that? Shouting doesn't make you a leader and a founder, it's a calling. May you know your place, may you value your place. May you not walk out of your place. 
May the enemy never gain access into your life. Are you still here? Are you still in church? Am I preaching to you here? Let me say, Della. The prodigal son, he came back. He came back. When he came back, he was lucky his father was alive. <laughs> he was just lucky. If his father was dead when he came back, his big brother would shoot him aside. Shoot him aside. Sniper, I tell you. He was lucky that his father was alive. When he came, father said, look. And then when the boy came, he had repaired his speech. And said, father, you know, I'm this and that. Hey, hey, stop the talk. He said, stop, stop, stop talking. And the Bible said, the man hugged him and kissed him. Your father doesn't matter, doesn't mind that you are stinking. He will still kiss you. He will still hug you. That's your father. I tell you. Amen. Sometimes I see Bishop talking about some who walked away. And say, I miss them. Mm. I miss this. I miss. I wish he was around. Mm. I wish. I'm telling every father misses his children who walk away. But sometimes the problem is that you make it difficult for you to be being restored. Yeah. Should I say it again? Look, look at this prodigal son who left. Bible didn't tell how many years he left. But he left and walked away. When he came back, the investment that the bigger brother had had, what belonged to him, it has been doubled, multiplied. Now, what should the, how should the, how should the uh, father handle this one who has come? It will be unfair for the father not to say, you have, because you have come, this house is yours. No, no. The father said, I have a, I have a, I have a new, new dress for you. I have shoes, I have ring. And I have a party, that's all. But as for the real property, it belongs to the big brother. Yes. That's what the, that's what the father told the big brother. All that I have is thine. Everything I have is for you. The real thing is for you. It would be unfair for me to give. You have been faithful all these years. Give your thing to this one. I can have party for him. I can give him clothes. But the real things belong on who has been faithful. If you're faithful, God will honor you and God will bless you. Shout amen, somebody. Shout amen, somebody. Are you still in church? I said, are you still in church? No, all I'm telling you this afternoon is that don't let your, your negative feelings, don't let some kind of prophetic word or dream you had move you out of your place. I'm not saying despite prophecy. I'm saying that be spiritual. And we are more spiritual than you, actually. That we are more spiritual than you. Many of you say, well, I'm being led. You are not being led. You are led by television, not the vision. Television. Do you know that the older you are, the easier it is to be led? Yeah. You rather think that if you are young, it will be easy to lead you. But Jesus told Peter, when we are young, you could go anywhere you wanted. But now that you are old, you stretch your hand and somebody else will lead you. The more you grow up maturely, the more you are led, easily to be led. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. The older you get, the more you mature spiritually, the easier it is to be led. Yes. Jesus told in John. John. To 20. He said that when you were a child, when you're young, 
You could go where you want to go, but now that you're old, you stretch your hand and somebody will lead you. Lead you. Lead you. Lead you. I'm telling you. Friends, church, whether you belong to Lighthouse, you belong to another church, you belong to, you're invited here. I'm preaching to you this afternoon. Your church, God has a bigger blessing that you can never imagine. Eyes have not seen. Yes, they have not heard. That's not entered the heart of men. The thing that God has prepared for those who love him. God loves you. And he has prepared something bigger than you can imagine for you. But don't let the devil push you out of your place. Don't become, don't, don't let your feelings of anger, you move away. One day I was speaking to, I'm going to be ending shortly. One day I was speaking to this man, uh, this young boy in his father's house. The father called me. This man, the father was a lecturer in the university. He comes and said, Bishop, come in. He said, Pastor, I just a pastor. Come and talk to my son. And I went. I was speaking to the son. I was sitting down. Father was here. I was here. We were talking. And the boy had become so rebellious and stubborn. Nobody could talk to him at the age of 19, 20. I mean, so full of himself. As I spoke with him, he got up. You know, as I, the more I spoke, the more I felt an irritation. He was getting irritated and irritable and uncontrolled. Like, finish what I've seen and let me go. I kept on talking. And then he, he, he got up at a point. He got up. And he was walking out. And the father said, Kojo, don't walk out on the pastor. You have shown me so much disrespect. Don't show disrespect to the pastor also. But he wouldn't listen. He was full of you. It's like young boy. Energy, strength, life ahead of me. I can't, this man can't tell me all these things. I just, he wouldn't listen. So he went. He was going. He was going. And as he was going, the father said, come back. Come back. He wouldn't come. And he went. I do love this door. Uh-huh. He went and held the knob, the door knob like that. And the father said, could you, don't open that door. And he actually opened the door. And the father said, Kojo, if you walk out of that door, don't come back again through that door. I thought you'd be afraid. He looked at me. He looked at the pastor. looked at me. looked at his father. looked at me. looked at his father. And stepped out. And then slammed the door. <laughs> he slammed the door. Listen. We sat down looking at each other. Look at the father. Was looking at me. Looking at, looking at him. As Kojo had walked out. A few years later, I met Kojo in Accra. He had gone mad. Totally mad. He even tried to murder his sister. Totally mad. I could remember the mad father's words. If you walk out of that door, don't come back through that door. Sometimes we hold the door. You're angry. Your feelings are telling do this. Do this. And nobody can talk to you. Nobody. Erratic personality. I can't handle it anymore. You walk out and you slam the door. And you want to come back. There's a devil out there. Devil out there. Who is luring you to come. I'm telling you. Yeah. You are being led. You're not being led by anything. You're not being led by nothing. What do you mean by What do you know about being led? What do you know about being led? Yeah. You're being driven, not being led. Yes. By demons. I tell you. Are you still here? Yes. 
No, I'm telling you. In South Africa, it's common. As much as common as in Ghana and Nigeria and all these places. We rise up. I'm being led to, I'm being led to do that. I'm being led. You come with all the spiritual reasons. Sometimes there's only financial reason. That's why you are doing what you are doing. You want to handle the money yourself. I want to be in charge. I don't want to be cheated. Yeah. Yeah. Are you here? I said, are you here? I really, is it God really honest faithfulness? I'm telling you. God honest faithfulness. God has blessed us with church, with pastors who have been faithful. I'm not the only person who has been faithful in the church. They have had pastors. Reverend Daniel has been in the church for many years. He's a young boy. Finished university, joined and been in the church and all that. He has been faithful. That's why he's sitting where he's sitting. He was not, he's still a new convert. Bishop Lord has been faithful for many years. God has blessed with faithful people. That's why we, are, we have what we have. We don't have what we have because of some magic. It doesn't come that way. Am I talking to anybody here? It doesn't come that way. I pray for you and I pray for your children. I tell you. I saw a, I saw a pastor's children, a pastor's child, who turned against his mother, his father, with such violence inside of him. Such venom. I've seen occasions of speaking in, in, a, in a church in Ethiopia. As I was preaching, one person just fell down. I mean, he was crying so much. After I said, what has happened? And the, the guest minister who invited me told me, this man, he has a huge church, more than 2,000 people. He left his assistant pastor in the church. He went to America to go and start another ministry. He said, use my office. Use my church. Use everything that I have. When he came back after some months, the assistant pastor told him, well, you're welcome. I'm happy to see you. And so the following Sunday, he came and said, look, God has told me to leave. So what are you going to do? Oh, what are the surprises? I'm just coming. He said, God has told me to leave. When he left, he started a church two blocks away. He has spoken to more than half of the people. They all followed and left the church. The whole church. The man said, I loved my sister so much. We're so close. We're so close. I didn't know he could do something. I said, the mistake you made was to make him sit on your chair. Are you there? Some people can't handle promotion. They can't handle blessing. They can't handle a certain opportunity God gives us. I'm telling you, you can't handle it. Hello? Hello? Are you still in church? I said, are you still in church? Yeah. My prayer for all of us is that we will not miss out on God's direction for our lives. When, even when God speaks to you, when God talks to you, God speaks to you directly. You know my piece of advice? Go and seek counsel and consult. God has said this to me. What do you think about it? Don't take a final decision based on what you feel God has told you. Yeah. There's always a senior person a, a, a senior person, senior minister, somebody that you can seek counsel from. Don't take your own decision. And say, so I'm my own. I feel this way. What do you think about it? What do you think about it? Even Bishop, you always ask to often ask me, ask me, I don't, oh, I want to do, I want to do, what do, you, what do you think about it? Not that he needs our counsel, but in the motive of counselors, there's safety. Safety in having motive of counselors. 
Hallelujah. Are you here? I said, are you here? You'll never be a rebel. you never miss out of your place. You'll be an instrument of God's glory. You'll be an instrument of God's honor. Shut him in. I admire Bishop Clufio very, very much. Such a wonderful gift of God. Such a wonderful blessing. Yeah. Years of sacrifice without being paid. Traveling, driving, almost 200 kilometers every day. More than that, going to work and coming, passing the check for many years without any salary. When a tank and bishop said, move, go to Ethiopia. He said, yes, sir, I'm going. He left here and went to Ethiopia. Stayed there, faithful working. He said, come to here. He's just obeying. He's still a young boy. The difference between ages is just maybe five years or so or less. Between his age and the age of ourselves, myself or bishop, just a few years. But Bible says that as you grow, you stretch your hand and somebody else will lead you. It's a sign of maturity. Amen. That's how it is. How many of you are hearing me today? May you be led. May you be led. May you be leadable. Leadable. Hallelujah. May you seek counsel. May you seek counsel. And may God preserve you and preserve your life. Stand to your feet. Are you blessed? I'm not finished at all. I'm just surprised it's just one o'clock. It's a pity. I don't know what you're going to do. Can I go on for five minutes, ten minutes? You're sure? Okay, let me give you actually two minutes break. Just say hello to one or two people and then let's take another 15 minutes and we close. So just take two minutes, say hello to one or two people uh, this afternoon.
15 minutes and then we'll be ending. I'm going to give to you three very important points. Three tests of loyalty. Three tests of... This is a loyalty conference. Alan, am I right? It's a loyalty conference. It's getting hotter. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, three tests of loyalty. What will test whether you are loyal or not? Amen. Are you loyal? Vuyo, Pastor Vuyo, are you loyal? I try to be. Pardon? I try to be. You try to be. Hmm. 
Are you loyal? Pat? I'm trying. You're trying. So I know that all the answers, girl, if I come to you, I'm sure I'll give similar answers. Don't they work the same way? You're trying. People are afraid to say, yes, they are. <laughs> what a shock. Anyway, so quick, three quick ones, and then we'll be out of here. Right. Job chapter 23 and verse 10. Job 23 and verse 10. But he knoweth the way that I take. When I have tried him, when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I see gold people sitting here. You are golden. I say you are golden. Fire will make you purer and purer and purer. Some years ago, I was with some friends in another country. And um, we, we went to a jewelry shop. And in this jewelry shop, they, you could trade in whatever you have. So this, my friend, took his wedding ring. He said he wanted to trade in his wedding ring and get a more quality one. And, uh, and then so he gave it to the dealers there. He said, okay, please we try, see how much value you can put on this ring. And I'm going to add money and take a new and a nicer one. So he said, no problem. And they asked him, how many carats go? This, how many carats? Is? And the guy said, 24 something, 24, 24 something, um, nice. And the dealer said, well, no problem. If it is really 24 carats, I'm going to put it in fire. Fire that is used to test gold, 24 carats gold. Now, if it is not, it will become black and it will be irretrievable. But if it is real, 24 carats, it will come out shining better and then we can place a value on it. So you ask him, should I try it? <laughs> Do you understand? Should I try because you say 24 carats and you want to trade in. So I'm going to put in fire, that is equivalent for that. And if it bends, it cannot be retrieved and you have lost it. But if it's also good, then we can place a value. My pastor friend said, let's go and come back. <laughs> he took his ring quietly and then we went. We never came back. <laughs> because if that thing bends, he has lost everything. But Job said, when he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. I see you coming out as gold in Jesus' name. Amen. So now, what are the three tests of loyalty? Number one, the test of distance. The tests of distance. Galatians chapter 4. This is a very important part. Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 8. Galatians chapter 4, verse number 18. Sorry, 18. Yeah. But it is good. Let's all read together, please. Ready, go. Can we read again one more time? But it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing. And not only when I am present with you. Do you know that Africans can be very hypocritical? We know how to behave nicely when the person is with you. Oh, hello. Good morning, sir. So nice to see you. God bless you. Uh, 
And then, thank you very much. That's how you do it here. They said, thank you very much. Very, very, very nice and, and humble. I tell you. Unally humble, I tell you. The person looks cool. But what is inside, you have no idea. Yeah. So now, Paul is saying that it is good for to be zealously affected. Somebody say, always. always. Amen. Now, always the good thing, and not only when I am present with you. Amen. Amen. Not only when I'm present with you. So you see, I'm telling you that that your your loyalty will be tested when there's distance. Amen. When there's what? Distance. When you are far, that is something we really prove. When When your boss comes to the office, everybody is nice. Everybody's at their post and working. When they turn away, the people go onto their computer games and they're playing on the, on the games on the computer. Am I not speaking the truth? I know things, I tell you. Yeah. But when the boss comes, oh, we're all working, we're all working. Yes, sir. Good morning, sir. Good morning. But the, when the boss turns away, but the support says that you guys, I want, to, I want you to be affected always in a good thing and not only when I am present. Yeah. You have to decide. You know how a lawyer person is. When the actual boss, senior person is not around, how you behave. Amen. Yeah. As servant Daniel is far away and he's wondering, how is, how is it going? How are you behaving? Are you behaving well? <laughs> Little Professor Adela, you're trying. <laughs> <laughs> She is trying, I tell you. Amen. Amen. No, I'm telling you, you will be tested with distance. And this thing applies also to marriage. You'll be tested. When you are distanced, you go, maybe you're going to study, you go to a course, you're far away from your spouse, from your husband, from your wife. Are you going to be faithful? Loyalty is tested with distance. When the person that you claim you honor, you respect is not around. When the person that you claim you honor, do, do you do other things? Amen? Amen. I don't know whether, whether you guys are angry with me or you are still here. Hmm? So many examples that we can, but I'm saying that don't let distance, your distance will reveal who you really are. Who you really are. Don't only be impressed when people are present. Don't aim aim at impressing people when they are there. And so on. Work even harder when the person is not around. Can I have an amen? Amen. Some of you are always around when uh, Bishop Larry was here. As he's gone, so you don't come so often. You see, distance is revealing who you are. Amen. Is she feeling who you are? It's oh, oh, who is who is preaching today? Oh, uh, Larry, the, the day Bishop Larry comes, all those, if you like, the way they say in Ghana, Kubalos, they will appear back in church. All those who cannot, cannot be found suddenly appeared. They're appearing. May you be a loyal person. May distance, you see, for me, 
You see, my, my, the work I do in running the church is when Bishop is not there that I work more and better and harder. Because when he's there, I don't have anything to do. <laughs> he does everything. Your, what you say to a person when the person is not there reveals your loyalty. Because there are things that you will not say to, about me when I'm there. But when you are away from you, what do you say about me? That is, what, that is, that is how you really see me. Not what you say to me when I'm around. What do you say to me when I'm around? You always say the right things. Everybody says the right things, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You are great. You are wonderful. But when the person is not there, what do you say about the person? That's what, number two. The test of time. The test of time. The first, the test of distance. Number two, the tests of time. Of time. Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 6. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Hmm. I am surprised that so soon you are moving away from the one who has called you into the gospel of the grace of Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm saying to all of us here that it's not enough to say, I will go all the way out. I'll go all the way out. Time will prove whether you are loyal or not. Amen. Amen. I, I, I don't know whether I get what I'm saying. Time. Marriage. Time will prove. Because you see, as you carry along, your spouse will change. That slim girl will put on weights. <laughs> my Lord and my God. Yeah. One gentleman told me, I don't like my wife again. Can you believe it? He said, I don't like my wife again. I said, why? He said, she's put on weights. I said, she has given you five children. She cannot remain as a skeleton. Five children is a lot. Children have been chewing her breast. All these five children have been chewing her breast. Her breast will still not be pointing like this. It will fall. Yes. All of them chewing. The, one of them, they said that children are even twins. Chewing here and chewing here. They chewed her breast also. So her breast which was pointing is now looking downwards. Because of your children. Now you say you don't like her. You should like her. What do you mean you don't like her? You should like her. And you, the man, you're also choose about your age. You're so choose. <laughs> oh, daddy, you're a rascal. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's very serious. Oh, you don't, you don't say what I'm preaching. X man, do you get me I'm preaching? How can you say you don't like her? After all the things that he's done for you. It cannot be. You should like her. I said, you should like her. Yeah. That thing was standing like this. Now it's going this. One day, a lady was carrying her baby like Gano, you know, carry babies at the back. Lady was carrying her baby at the back like that. And then the baby was crying. She took the breast and threw it at the back. <laughs> yeah, just chew it and let's go. 
and stopped it crying. Hey! Back pass, back pass. And then we are moving. What a shock. Yes. Um, take it one, take it two, and we are moving. <laughs> hey, no, no, I'm serious. You see, time, time, time. We all change with time, amen. But your faithfulness should not change. I say, your faithfulness should not change. Time should not affect your loyalty. Look, there's a beauty in a 22 year old girl. There's a beauty in a 29-year-old lady. There's a beauty in a 40-year-old lady. There's a beauty in a 65-year-old. Every age comes with this beauty. But if you're simple-minded, you only be looking at small girls, but when you really love the person, your wife will be 65, and she'll be gracious and beautiful and sweet. Every age comes with beauty. Somebody say amen. Men, are you hearing me? Stop looking at young girls and stay with the wife that you have chosen. There's beauty in every age. There's beauty in every age. It's not only 21 girls who are beautiful. 50-year-old ladies are also beautiful. Very beautiful. And beauty is not just physical. It's the spirits. The sweetness of the person. Amen. I said Amen. One boy, one man said that young girls are my weakness. Silly boy. What is your young boy? Come on, stop it. Get up and stop misbehaving. What do you mean by young girls are my weakness? <laughs> a few uh, weeks ago, I was speaking to a pastor and his wife. The wife told me, the bishop, my husband, he cannot concentrate. <laughs> It was like a joke. But she was serious. He said, Bishop, my husband, when he goes to church every day, he gets like to talk to all the young girls. So the, the man told me that my husband told me my wife slapped me. I said, Why? He said, Well, look, we are walking. And kept on looking again. I started, come on, look forward. I'm, I'm, it's a reaction, I'm telling the man, the lady slapped the husband. Look forward. You'll be looking at this girl, you're going to fall into the gutter. Come on, look forward and let's go. What are you talking about? What a shock. The wife is very, very, she's very wild, I tell you. Very wild wife. But I'm saying that there's a beauty in every, at every stage. Don't let time erode your loyalty. If you came and said, I love Jesus Christ today, five years, may you even love him more and more and more. Am I talking to anybody here? So, I love my pastor. I love uh, Lady Pastor Della. I love, you should love her, not now. Not only when she preach good message that you have, but when you pray, message hits you. Keep loving her. Because that is what pastors are for. They are not here to preach sweet messages to you. They are here also to correct you. Amen. Time will test your loyalty. Time will test your loyalty. How long have you been here? That is why that's why uh, Jesus said in heaven there are going to be pillars and foundations with apostles' names on them because of their loyalty to him through throughout to the very end Peter 
He told Jesus, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to go all the way for you. And Jesus said, Satan had desired to sift you. Simon Peter, Satan desired to sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. You know what Peter should have said? He said, thank you, Jesus, for praying for me. Proud Peter. He said, me, you don't know me. Never, I will never deny you. Jesus said he has prayed for you. Won't you say thank you, Jesus? You ever argue with somebody who has prayed for you? He said, me, I will deny you. You don't know what you are talking about. You don't know what you don't, you don't know me. You don't know my background. Me, I'm the lawyer type. <laughs> Everybody's, and you look at the disciples, everybody will deny you, but not me. Never deny you. You watch and see. Jesus said, Peter, Peter, don't talk too much. That's, Peter was a sanguine. Sanguine and choleric. <laughs> so he, he wanted to prove how wild he is. So when, when the guys appeared, he took a, a sword and cut off somebody's ear to prove that I'm going to be with you. And he said, look, Peter, cool. I know you're wild, but take it easy. The cholerism has risen inside of him. So no, 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 take it easy. Don't fight for me. Yeah. And Jesus took the ear of the man and put it back. Marcus, put it back. But this what surprised me is that we are going to arrest a person. The person, you, you, your ears is cut, and the person you are coming to arrest, he takes your ear and puts it back, and you continue to arrest him. <laughs> Would you rather run and go home? Hey! What a shock! You will still continue arresting the continue your arresting process. You, you will not be afraid. Anyway, he was taken. He was taken. And Aunt Jesus was being taken away. The Bible says that. And Peter followed at a distance. Peter followed at what? At a distance. That is when things started changing. He was close. But when distance came up, it affected his loyalty. He was so far. He moved so far. And now he got to a point where he even sat down with others. When his master was being carried away. And as he was far away and Jesus was also being maltreated. Then somebody comes and said that, are you not one of the disciples? And he said, what do you mean? You young girls, you don't respect. Young girls, you don't respect. You are not brought up well. Fully girl, come on, live here right now. Who, who brought you up? Who school do you go to? Screamed at the girl. And then Peter said, and then they, they, they said, they probably said that even your language betrays you. When you have been with some people for a long time, it's very difficult to be this lawyer. When you talk, we know where you're coming from. <laughs> hey! What a shock. Are you there? You say, if you come to forgive. Ah! We know where which family you come from anyway. <laughs> what a shock. So we've caught you. We've caught you right there. We've caught you right there. <laughs> I receive it. Hello? No. Peter denied Christ because of distance and time. He said it. Look, everything you have said, you'll be put to the test. You'll be put to the test. Your loyalty to Christ, when you come and give your life to Christ, difficulties will come. Challenges to see whether you really meant what you said. Whether you meant to go all the way with him. I'm telling you. Your loyalty to the ministry that you belong, you'll be tested with time. With time. Amen. amen. I said, Amen. 
Are you here of go home? Now, that's very, very, very important. Now, look at um, John chapter 6. John 6. Verse 65. Bible says, and it's, um, he said, therefore, said I unto you, that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him um, of my father. From that time, many of the disciples went back. Many of them left the church and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus to the twelve, will you also go away? Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and assure that thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? It's the title of a book. <laughs> he spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus was saying, you see, when we all start the race, when we all start running, when we all start doing this thing, there are others, some are going to run very fast, some are going to run very high. But as distance comes, as time comes, we are going to see those who are going to still stay loyal and stay true to each other. Amen. Amen. Loyalty is always like marriage. Yeah. Yes. Will prove your quality, the quality of your, of your choice and of your decision. Or to show that you are fickle and you are not deep. May you be deep in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, may you be deep in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now the final thing. The last test of loyalty is the test of fire. Test of fire. Acts chapter 28, verse 1. The test of fire. Acts 28, 1. It said, and when they escaped, that they knew, then they knew that that island was called Melita. Verse 2. And uh, the Barbara, the Barbarous people showed us no little kindness, Paul is speaking, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. Now, there have been a lot of situation. Now, there have been shipwreck. Now, they've fallen on the island of Melita and all that. Now, I said, and when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat. And fasting on his hand. Next verse. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beasts hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffered him not to live. But look at what happened. The next verse, beautiful. And he shook off the beasts into the fire. And fed no harm. Say amen. amen. Say it louder, amen. amen. Are you still here? Yes. Now you see what the Bible is making us to see here is that 
You know, these guys have arrived at the, at the beach at, at this island of Melitai, and then they've gathered steak. They were making fire for them. The weather was cold, and they've gathered steaks and all that. Now, Paul went to gather steaks. Now, when, Bible says, when the sticks, when the heat touched the sticks, there was a snake, a viper in the sticks. It was the heat that revealed the viper. The heat. Fire reveals who you are. Everything was all because the sticks, the viper looked like one of the sticks. But when the heat came, there was something shook among the sticks. Say, hey! There's a viper here. Fire will reveal your quality. Will reveal your loyalty. When you go through challenges, when you go through, and I'm telling everybody here, and all of us are old enough to understand what I'm saying. As we live our normal lives, we are going to go through challenges which are like fire. And that challenge will reveal whether you are loyal or not. Say amen. amen. The test of fire. Test of fire. Test of being transferred. Go here. Test of doing this. Test of having this disagreement. Having the test will reveal whether you are loyal or not. What you are made of. Are you a, are you a viper? Are you a viper hiding among the sticks? Fire. Go, fires are good. We have to lighten fire sometimes. Say amen. amen. Light fires up. Put fires up. And let's see what is hiding. What is inside of you. I've seen so many pastors. When fire came up, then you know that, hey, they are not as solid as they are. They are not as deep as they are. They are not as spiritual as they are. The fire of offense. Somebody offends you. Somebody upsets you. Somebody lies up. Somebody says this about you. The difference between Joseph and you it just said all the leaders said about him made him rather purer and, and stronger. They lied about him, things were said about him, but none of it affected his commitment and his vision. Even in prison, when he was transferred from Potiphar's house to a branch in prison, in prison was encouraging everybody in prison. Nothing changed Joseph. He became stronger and stronger. Fire, if you're pure, it will show your quality. But we are fickle, it will burn you. I pray for you. I pray for you that your loyalty will, will, will not bow. You will, will not crumble under the power of fire. I pray for you that no matter what happens, your, the fire will make you shine better and better and better and better. Shout amen. What fire have you been through? Have you been through fire? Have you been through any challenge? Have you been through something that's shaking your faith, shaking your, your, the core of your faith? The thing that you claim you believe, the God that you claim you serve. Have you had experience that has rocked, it has rocked you, rocked you at the bottom, rocked you inside, turned you inside out. Say, so how can I go through this? How can I go through this? Are you there? Fire will reveal what type of person you are. You need fire. Tell your neighbor, you need fire. You need fire. So if it says I'd be too easy for you. Yeah. As I spoke to this beautiful lady yesterday, and she was speaking, 
Griff and I were just, I said, oh, you're a Christian. You know, some people, their response to fire shows that they are real Christians. You know, the problem is not what have you, not what experience have you had, but how did you respond to the experience? That's what's important. As of bad experience, we all have them. But your response to the experience will show the quality. Yes, your response. You see, life is, consists of two parts. 80, 20% what happens to you. 80% how you respond to what happens to you. Yeah. 20% is what happens to you. 80% is your response to what happens to you. So major part of life is... It's your response. That's what tells you, makes you who you are. No, no, what, he, what he said about me, what he did to me, no. But how do you respond to it? That's more important than what happens to you. Everybody goes through fire. How do you respond to it? That shows your quality. May you be a quality person. I said, may you be a quality person. Over 30 years ago, I told Bishop, I'm going to be with you. I want to be with you. I want to be with you. It's been 30 years plus. God has been gracious. My, I, my, my desire and my wishes are as fresh as they were 30 years ago. I still want to be with him. I still want to hear him preach. I still want him to be my pastor. I love him more than I loved him 30 years ago. It's, it's, been, it's been a good journey by the grace of God. By the grace of God. Are you with me? Somebody sent me a text this morning. She said, Bishop, I would like to be like you. I would like to be, be faithful in the church. He said, I would even like to die in the church. God bless you. But you see, when you say something, you are going to experience something that will test what you have said. Yeah. It will test what you have said. Peter said, I will die for you. Jesus said, Satan has desired to sift you. He has desired to sift you. No, that's what Jesus said, though. He had desired, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith, not your finances, your faith will not fail. Sometimes your finances can fail. Your health can even fail. But your faith should never fail. Amen. Amen. That your faith should not fail. And when you are strengthened, when you are converted, you strengthen others. You strengthen others. Even Peter, you know, that's the difference between Peter and, and Judas. Like Bishop Christopher said, Judas regretted, didn't repent. But Peter, you know, even when Peter told, I'm just ending, when Peter told uh, disciples after Jesus had died, he said, I'm going, I'm going back to face. I'm going and fishing. And the other disciples said, we'll go with you. It is not that Peter had backslided though. Peter was looking for a fresh experience. Because earlier on in Luke chapter 5, Peter had met Jesus at the beach. And now here stands Peter. He had denied his master. He's feeling so sad. And he wanted, perhaps, I'll have another encounter at the beach. I'm going back to the place where I first met him. I'm going back. I'm going back to the place. And Peter went with, with the other guys. And now they were fishing. And they were fishing then. And the same experience, they didn't catch any fish. And then as they were there, then a voice comes from the shore. Guys, children, do you have any fish? 
And they said, we don't have anything. And the master said, the, the voice said, throw the net into the other side. And when they threw the nets, they had so much fish. And Peter had a picture, a playback of the experience that he had. He said, it is, the, and just, it is the master. Peter said, this is what I've been waiting for. I, I love him. Although I have disappointed him, I still love him. And I'm going back to him. I've let him down. Now you see, we laugh at Peter for denying him. But Peter was better than the rest. At least, Bible says, when Peter denied Jesus, Jesus' eyes made Peter's eye. It means that he was close enough. Close enough for him to see eye to eye. Because if he was far away, he can't see the person's eye. That means that he had managed to work his way very close. So when Jesus turned and saw Peter, and the cock crew, and Peter had slew him. But Peter had another experience with God. He went up there. He said, I want him. I let you down sometimes. I've made mistakes sometimes. But Lord, I love you. I love you. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up on myself. Peter, Bible said that he threw his coats and ran. Ran. That, that John chapter 21 or so. He left the coat and ran out. Was swimming into the water all the way. And when he got to the place, Jesus was standing there. And there was fish, great fish, and then uh, toast. And Jesus asked Peter, eat, eat. I, I, I don't know what Peter will do, what is going on in his mind. I was looking to the eyes of the one that he denied. The one that he has said, he never, I never knew you. He was looking at Jesus. Just look at him. So sit down, guys. Sit down. And eat. And they sat down. And after they ate, Jesus turned to Peter and said, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Your words, he said, you go all the way. Now I'm asking, do you, do you really love me? And Peter said, yes, I love you. I love you. Look at it. Jesus said to Simon, do you love me? And said, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And again, he asked him for the second time, do you really love me? Now, he said, do you love me more than this? The question that people say that, I don't know what, which one is the right one. People say that when you said, do you love me more than this? Some said, do you love me more than these disciples or more than this fish and this, this thing that you're after? Whether it was the fish or the people, just asking, do you love me more than anything else in this world? And Peter said, Lord, I love you. He said, feed my lambs. And he asked him for the third time. And this time, it pained Peter. It really pained him. Do you love me, Peter? And he said, but look at what the Bible says. He said to him, go to the next verse. The next verse. Love is down me. He said to him, Lord, Thou knowest I love thee. The next verse. Said unto him again, third time, someone, son of, uh, son of Jonas, love is thou me. Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, love is thou me. You see, when your wife asks you three times, do you really love me? You'll be grieved, isn't it? Ah, why are you saying this? Ah, why are you saying this? Small mistake that your husband has made. You're asking, do you really love me? Do you really love me? 
It's like, no, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I say, I love you. I say, I love you. I say, I love you. Won't you let this thing pass? Won't you let this thing pass? What a shock. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some people, they, some people they can rub it in, but I tell you. Said he was grieved because he said to him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said to him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest I love you. You know I love you. <laughs> you know things. You know I love you. <laughs> Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen. Now you see, Peter had a fresh experience with the Lord. Like all the things. Now when you read uh, Peter's epistle, first and second Peter, you see how the word suffering goes through that, those two books. So for some for his sake, do it for his sake. So many things. This same Peter, when he was following Jesus, Jesus says, what shall we get from following you? What are we going to get? He said, I'm going to give you houses and all that. But when he wrote his letter after experience with the master, he said, look, I'm, I'm an elder just like you. Feed the Lamb of God. Look after them. Suffer for him. He will, I mean, you see the, 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 the experience of a mature man. When you walk with God for a while, it's, the things don't matter to you. Your relationship is more important than the thing that he gives you. I tell you. Are you still here? Do you love Jesus? I said, do you love Jesus? You are saying yes too quickly. Do you love Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Then do the work. Jesus said that if you love me, you prove it by the way you are working, doing my work. Feeding my sheep with a salary, looking after people, visiting them, praying for them. If you love me, you look after my sheep. That's the proof. Not just your words. Not just but your commitment to the work will show that you love him. Father, we lift our hands to you this afternoon. We pray that we will not fail the test of loyalty. Whether distance, time. Listen. Look at me, everybody. Look at me. Do you know that Peter said that some of you, Jesus, you count the coming of Christ as lackness. He said that you think he will not come. He promised you long ago that he will come. And he said, he said that you, you think that he, it's a promise after he said he, I'll come back. And it's been thousands of years. You have even lost, people have lost their commitment and dedication to him. Many of us, we have become so worldly, we even forget that Christ is going to come back for us. We, talk, we don't talk about his coming anymore. Well, our minds are not in heaven. Our minds are on carnal things. Lift your hands to God. Father, we pray. We ask you to be gracious to us. May we be loyal to the very, very end. Some of us gave our lives to Christ a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Father, may all of us stay loyal to you until you come back, until you come for us. On our dying beds, may, we see, may you still be the Lord of our lives. Thank you for the ministries you have given us. For the places you have called us to. I pray that no matter what happens and no matter the challenges, we shall remain loyal and your grace will abound in our lives. We give you thanks. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Clap your hands for the Lord. Amen. Please be seated. God richly bless you. Amen. And um, we're going to wrap up tonight. Amen.
We're going to wrap up tonight. That's going to be a very special night. I'm going to preach for a short while and pray for as many people as God leads me to pray for. It's a, it's a lot of conference, but I feel that I'm going to deposit some prayer into your lives. Can I have an amen? Can we take, off an off- take an offering quickly? Just take out an offering, everybody. If you also have your envelope for yesterday, you can bring it as well. You have an envelope for yesterday, you can bring it, but otherwise, take out an offering and let's give. Melon, is it working? Shoof. Take out your offering and lift your hands up. Take your offering, lift your hands up. Where are the offering bas- baskets? Have the basket. Bring the basket to me. Father, we thank you so much for this afternoon and thank you for the joy of giving. We ask you to bless our seed and bless our giving and be glorified in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Please come and put your offering in the bag and then if you have your envelope as well, come and put it in here. God bless you. God bless you. What a beautiful thing. What a wonderful thing to do. To give, to give, to give, to give. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your kindness. What a privilege. What an honor. Spa. Is it working?